Well, here it is, our first recap of the 2022-23 season. The Nashville Predators played two preseason games against the Florida Panthers yesterday. A couple of things we wanted to watch going in. A couple of them turned out pretty good. One in particular, a little bit of a mixed bag. We'll talk about it today in the Lockdown Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com. And I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. We have preseason hockey to talk about. And uh, the actual Predators hockey with the actual Nashville Predators. And hey, look, for the first time this year, notes. Notes <laughs> back. Yay. Yeah, we, we finally, for the first time uh, since game three, because game four, I think I kind of just gave up. Um, yeah, there's actually uh, notes to take out, and there's a, there's a lot of them because there was two Predators games and a lot to get to. That's for sure. Yeah, it was really. I thought it was really exciting to have two games because you get to see like a plethora of potential Predators. And I mean, like, who does not like to hear Tim McGraw sing to them? Yeah, that just is true. it's music. It's amazing. Also, also uh, underrated baller to see Keisha Rainey back performing the national anthem. <sighs> She's and, so amazing. And I'm glad the Nashville Predators took like the in arena feed and just put it on their website mm-hmm. with um, Pete Weber and Hal Gill, the, the radio yeah. call underneath them. I uh, kind of wish all Predators games uh, were like that and not having to deal with blackouts and all that. Yeah. Um. So let's the, the headline first, I guess. Uh, Predators lost the f- first game 4-3 in overtime, won the second game 4-0. That's great. Uh, in preseason, who cares about the score? What we really wanted to see are the storylines that form for each one. Uh, the first one, and the the big thing going in was that was Ryan Johansson, Nino Niederreiter, and Phil Tomasino. That was kind of the debut of what we're pretty sure is going to be the Predators' new second line. I got to get your take, Anne. What did you think of their performance overall? You know, it was funny. I was reflecting back on that last night because I feel like in my mind, it's really been built up like this is going to be an incredible line. And here's what I would say. Maybe did not see a lot of uh, flash and bang from Johansson, Nita Ryder, and Tomasino last night. But also remember, they were playing against Ekblad and Borhegi and all that kind of stuff. And they, you know, so I don't know that we saw everything we wanted to. I think people wanted Nita Ryder to come out and just baller. Scoring um, 18 goals in his day. Right. Yeah. Level like six people, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm not a bit discouraged. I I hope that people are not a bit discouraged by what they saw from that trio, because I really think, you know, preseason game also just that first game just had kind of a different vibe, a different pace to it and that kind of thing. So it wasn't what I had hoped people would see because what I feel like we've seen in training camp from them is really something special. So take heart, people. 
if you're feeling a little bit let down by what you didn't see from that potential second line, because they have something. So, you know, of course, like you said, we wanted to see Nita Ryder come out and just light it up, but he will. So I don't know. That was kind of my feeling. I was like, okay, I wish I would have seen more, but trust me. I don't know. What, what was your take watching them? It was, it was a mixed bag. Um, and it was, you know, I guess just kind of what preseason's for, because they had some good moments uh, that they got the game tying goal uh, towards the end of the game. Phil Tomasino had an assist earlier in the game. So, you know, there's some good moments there. Uh, but there were also a lot of moments that just didn't really feel like they're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was just like, you know, people in the wrong spot or, you know, passes kind of getting bounced around and, and deflecting towards nowhere and them kind of having to settle for not, you know, a great chance. There's a lot of those moments too. But like you said, this is game one of preseason. We don't need to panic uh, about it just yet. Um, and I think even Ryan Johansson, said after the game uh that he thought you know their their performance was overall a little disappointing um so it, it sounds like at least they're aware of it they know they have stuff to work on um i hope that john hines kind of keeps this trio together moving forward in the preseason because i remember you know we you and i talked about it yesterday was this line going to stick together for all of camp for all of preseason, or is this going to be a situation where John Hines maybe rotates guys in with Johansson and Niederreiter to maybe give an audition for who's going to be that other Mm -hmm. top six four? Like we were kind of talking about was Ellie Tolvanen um, going to jump back in. Would we maybe see, you know, somebody like Tanner Janot who obviously didn't play in that first game, but you know, would he be moved up? Um, so, you know, I, I hope that if this is what John Hines wants, that he sticks with it going forward so that this line can kind of have more time to build their chemistry. Cause I'm with you. I really like what I've seen from them in camp mm-hmm. so far. All the reports have been like really solid. Um, so, you know, if they stick together, I think that's, that's something that I would like to see the Predators stick with in camp and give them some more time as opposed to rotating guys in and out. Yeah, and I think you have to remember that preseason games, especially the first preseason game, and you had a lot of players in the 3 o'clock game that uh, Tomasino, Niederreiter, and Johansson were playing in as well, where this was really um, kind of more of a, a debut sort of thing, where they had, you know, you didn't have a ton of players who have seen a lot of NHL time, and so sort of the vibe of that game is like the day after Halloween in a kindergarten class. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Where like there's just almost a frantic little sugar rush kind of thing happening. And so I don't think that you can gauge, especially, you know, players who have had some NHL time who are kind of trying to settle into sort of that different pace of the game, a more regular season pace. I think it's okay to be able to walk away from that game and go, you know, I didn't see as much from them because that's not necessarily the tempo vibe kind of of the games that they're going to be playing in in the regular season. So for anybody who felt like really that was it, just breathe. Just breathe through it. This, you know, I, this is 
this is a, a line who has a tremendous amount of potential. And I'm with you. I, you know, I think there's an opportunity for a couple players to kind of get a little bit of time on that line. But from what I've seen in camp, I, I really like that combination. And and I would not be, even after yesterday's preseason game, I would not be at all disappointed to see Tomasino playing with Nita Ryder and Johansson, you know, first day of the regular season. This is, this is a good line, folks. So just breathe, just breathe through it. I agree. Uh, other takeaways. Um, everything we've said about Yuso Parsonen. Uh, was, oh was absolutely true goal and assist in in his first game uh almost had or there's like that weird like drop pass uh to ellie tolvanen that was like kind of felt like datsukian almost just like that little no look pass yes um yeah i mean there, there's clearly some things i think he has to work on i said this yesterday on twitter and uh and it got a seal of approval from our prospects guru eric denay I said, I, I don't think Yusuf Parsons is going to make the team out of camp uh, unless he mm-hmm. just absolutely lights the world on fire uh, over the next game or so. Uh, but I, I feel like his time in the NHL was coming sooner rather than later. It doesn't feel like it's going to be on a slow burn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting. This whole training camp is so interesting compared to what it was last season, because last season it really felt like the way David Poyle was talking, kind of how the roster was constructed, where they were looking to go. It felt like a a little bit the world was the prospect's oyster. And, you know, there was a chance for anybody could make the team. And that's just sort of not the vibe going into this camp. So I think I agree with you. I don't necessarily think for as good as Parson has been in camp and as good as he was in the preseason game and as good as he just is, I'm not sure he's going to crack an NHL roster right now, but you watch his play and think, what is that going to look like in Milwaukee? This kid is going to light it up. He really is just a, a brilliant hockey mind, but he's worked really hard on his size, on his strength this offseason. And I think you could tell that he was able to play with kind of the big kids pretty well. So I loved what I saw out of him. Not super surprised just having seen him in training camp. I'm telling you this, you just got to remember this kid's name because he is going to make an impact. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be sooner rather than later because it, if he continues to improve, he's going to be wasting his time in the AHL pretty quickly. Uh, let's talk about the battle for the fourth line, because that's something, you know, we mentioned, Hey, maybe Parsonen's going to be a part of probably not, but Hey, stranger things have happened. So there were a couple of tidbits uh, that came into last night's game that I think is kind of encouraging for Preds fans. First though, want to take a second and brought to you or talk to you about today's sponsor. It's betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, analysis on every game you can find both on the college and the pro level. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Uh, It's got everything from MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and of course... Hockey. They just put out a bunch of futures for this year's NHL season. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
Uh, and the fourth line, that's mm -hmm. kind of, it feels like at this point, maybe the one thing that's not settled. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about, hey, there's maybe five, six guys that may be battling for a spot on that fourth line. Um, and I was kind of impressed with all of them. Yeah. Um, Michael, Michael McCarron, who a lot of people are like, oh my God, get him off there for some reason, which is weird because I thought he played really, really well at the end of last year. Um, played really well in that first game yesterday. Um, you know, he, he came up with a, um, you know, a, a lot of big hits, a lot of good physical play, got to the front of the net and actually drew that first penalty on uh, Radko Gudis. Uh, so good play there. Uh, Zach Sanford made his debut and looked pretty good, was really good um, on the penalty kill as well. And I think that's an underrated part of his game. Even somebody like Cole Smith and who, yes. you know, he's kind of, he was the, um, you know, we joke about him being like the Preds opening day roster star because he just kind of snuck onto the roster a couple of years ago. It's kind of been in Milwaukee since then, but he was impressive as well. So the Predators, and then, you know, let's let's not forget Cody Glass, because Cody Glass in Game 2, which we'll talk about for more in Game 2 in a second, um, he played very well and wound up getting on the score sheet. So there's a lot to choose from, depending on which way John Hines kind of wants to morph his fourth line. Yeah, the fourth line really feels wide open, and there which is really great because there is a pool to draw from where you're not like, okay, well, we've got a body. Let's just slot it in the fourth line and hope for the best. I do want to touch on the Michael McCarron thing because we were a part of a conversation several weeks ago, a couple weeks ago with a bunch of other different people who follow, you know, and cover the predators hockey. And it was the Michael McCarron dump. You know, everybody was kind of, yeah. you know, oh, as, you know, Michael McCarron, Michael McCarron. And I was like, now, wait a second. Um, you know, look, Michael McCarron is never going to be Philip Forsberg or Matt Duchesne. But I also don't think he is surprised by that information at all. <laughs> and I think his game is very complimentary to what John Hines is looking for from a fourth line. And he is able to generate some chances. He is able to generate some offense. So. You know, for everybody who, when you speculate about a fourth line, it seems like McCarron's not even been in the conversation. Okay, keep Michael McCarron in that conversation because, A, he's got NHL minutes, he's got NHL experience. But also, I really just think for what you're looking for for the fourth line, he may be a really good fit. The other fourth line person who I would love to see make this roster, and again, not not super confident it's going to happen because there are so many options is Kiefer Sherwood. Right. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like he was one of those names as you looked at the roster that was released for training camp, just sort of glanced over. You're like, Oh, okay. Some kid named Kiefer Sherwood, whatever. Wow. And he has absolutely dominated when he's been on the ice in training camp. And I feel like he had just such a good game. He was a second game player, which again, like Nick said, we're going to jump into the second game in a second, but there are really good options for this fourth line where it doesn't feel like you're like, okay, who's left. It's not like you've picked all the kids for your football team and gym class. Now, you know, you got to shuffle through the three that nobody wants and stick them somewhere. There's some really good options for this fourth line, and that's going to be important down the line. Uh, Cole Smith, I thought, looked really good. Um, Cody Glass, we got a whole. We're going to have a whole conversation about Cody Glass coming up in just yeah. a second. But there just are some good 
options for the fourth line. And I think that is going to become the battle that lasts the longest through the preseason. I think that's going to be what is going to take the most time for John Hines to kind of shuffle through and land on what he wants. Because like I said, there are some guys who are really competing for that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about more, I'm sure, as training camp uh, it goes on about who's going to be on the fourth line. Let's move to this, uh, the second game though. And um, uh, obviously, you know, you have the stars playing in this one, Philip Forsberg and, and the top line with, with Matt Duchesne. Um, obviously those, those are the kind of the stars, but let me tell you about the goaltending in game two, uh, because a, it was the debut of Yaroslav Askarov, and you would have thought by the round of applause uh, that that got that Pekarine had suited back play <laughs> for the National yes. Predators with Shea Weber standing right in front of him. Um, that was one of the loudest <laughs> ovations I've heard at Bridgestone Arena, and it was for a preseason game yeah. against the guy who hasn't come out. And let me tell you, friends. Yaroslav Askarov did not disappoint, just like he hasn't disappointed at all so far leading to the run-up to the season. Yeah, this, I, I try really hard, I try really, really hard, and it's difficult for me, I try really hard to n- not get mom with some of these players, you know, because I just want everybody to be happy and to stay healthy and all that kind of stuff. But by God, I would move Yaroslav Askarov in and bake him cookies every day because not only is he, he is that good at hockey. I mean, just, he is really exceptionally talented. He is unique as a goaltender. He is as advertised and you don't want to put a ton of pressure on him. He's very young. He has not had a ton of experience, you know, in North American hockey. So, you know, he's not going, he's not going to start for the Nashville Predators, everybody. He's not going to compete with UC Soros for the starting gig. So everybody just kind of, you know, lower the hype a little bit. But I don't know that I have met or encountered or watched a player so captivate a fan base with on ice talent and just off ice personality like Yaroslav Askarov. Like he is, he is just a very, very special young man. So I was excited to see him get that reception. I hope that this favor that the fan base shows him does not somehow translate to pressure for him. Um, he seems so stinking happy-go-lucky. I can't imagine it would, but I think you have to be really careful with expectations on somebody so young and somebody who is just so endearing. But he had an incredible game. Yeah, and he's got a long way to go to make the roster. Mm -hmm. But there was another thing that the reason I said goaltending, Anne, uh, was because this was also, in the first period, the debut of Kevin Lincoln in the guy who we assume is going to be UC Soros as backup heading into the year. Uh, and if he's not, boy, that was a waste of $1.5 million, but mm-hmm. he played very, very well in yes. the, uh, the period and the half of so that he played. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's talking about, well, what about Connor Ingram, you know, Yaroslav Askarov, let's get him fast tracked. All of a sudden the Preds are like, Hey, you know, Lincoln is here also, and he's looked pretty solid in camp. He looked pretty solid mm-hmm. in the preseason game. And again, there's a long difference between playing well in one game um, versus, you know, being able to consistently do it for 25, 30 games a year, however you want your long to your backup to play. 
but it's encouraging and especially encouraging man because this was the game that was against most of uh, Florida's big offensive guns, right. including Matthew Kachuk, who got shut out in his first appearance for Florida. Yeah, Lincoln, and I was really glad to see him come out and have a strong performance because I think with the fan base, I don't think this is at all how the franchise feels, but I think in the fan base, it's almost like, let's see, you know, he's going to make a mistake and we're going to say, see, shouldn't assign him. We've got Connor Ingram. Now we're stuck with all these extra goaltenders. And he has looked at very good in camp. You watch him play in net and, you know, this seems like somebody who could handle NHL minutes with no problem. Of course, Askarov did too, and he's young, so he can't. So just don't, don't do it, people. But I thought Lankinen did a really good job coming out, playing very responsibly, playing against, like you said, some of Florida's top lines. Loved to see it. You know, it makes me panic a little bit because then you're stuck with the, what What are we doing with Connor Ingram? Yeah. Well, and the other, the other part of that is he did not – impressive uh in game one i don't, I don't yeah. want to say not impressive because there there's again some good saves but mm -hmm. also a really bad bad goal. goal um and it seems like that was kind of the vibe from him towards the end of the year like he had that wild game two against colorado mm -hmm. where we're like sign this up guy right now uh and then games three and four seemed like there are some, there are some bad goals on his end too. So maybe a little bit too hot and cold for the Nashville predators, but you know, obviously there's, there's a long season ahead uh, or a long preseason ahead to get stuff like this sorted out. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick. want to mention tomorrow's show. Uh, we've been doing uh, crossovers with our central division frenemies. This is a fun one. Uh, we oh. have Chris and Kyle from locked on avalanche coming over. Uh, a lot to talk about. Of course, uh, there's that thing that happened at the end of last year that uh, we don't really need to get into. I'm sure we nope. won't. Um, you know, and also a lot of changes for the Avalanche as they try to chase uh, two straight Stanley Cups. They've lost some key guys like Nazem Kadri. Uh, they have a brand new goaltender, Alexander Yorgiev. So what's the chances of them repeating? That's a question we'll dive into. And how close do they think Nashville is to maybe pushing the abs? That's Very another interesting. Yeah, that's another question that we'll have answered. But that's coming up on tomorrow's Locked on Predators podcast. Um, all right. And so more from the third game. Um, yeah, I mean, th there's a lot to like about this game. The herd line, mm -hmm. uh, or at least, you know, bits of them sticking together for this one. Uh, and they, they wound up doing good. Colton Sissons had a goal. Tanner Janot all over the ice. Uh, <laughs> you know, I talked about the applause for Yaroslav Askarov. Second might have been the applause that, uh, Tanner Janot got for clocking Nick Cousins into the board. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bless Nick Cousins. Welcome yeah. home. We're going to cheer when you get smacked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's there's also that moment with Cousins and uh, Jeremy Lazan too. Like later yeah. later in the second period, like where Cousins got, you know, stopped point blank and then got knocked down. And he went up for Lazan and Lazan's like, don't do this, bud. Don't do this. Mm -hmm. 
no, no, it was, it was not great. I was interested. I, you know, it, this is a hard thing to get a gauge on because there were two preseason games. And so John Hines is going to have to kind of divvy up the roster. And they were saying that um, Hines and Florida's head coach had kind of communicated on like, Hey, this is what we're looking for. And so they kind of sort of coordinated how they were going to structure rosters um, with the teams. So there was a lot that went into who played in the first game, who played in the second game, but you know, we saw the herd line together in the second game. Are they untouchable to you? Because this is something we've talked about. Like, are yeah. they untouchable to you? I mean, I think it's, you know, it, it depends on what you want to do with that second line. Because the only way I would say split them up is if you want to move Janot up. Mm -hmm. um, but, but to me, yeah, I would think you would want to at least start the year with them together since they worked so well last year and had that chemistry. There are a lot of times, especially kind of towards that quiet spot at the end of the year, where they look like the best line for the mm -hmm. Nashville Predators. And I think you want to try to keep them together. Um, I, I don't know if Tanner Janot is going to be that 25-goal scorer uh, that he was in his rookie year last year, every single year, year in and year out. Uh, but they they do have the identity that John Hines wants that third line to play with, kind of that chase card, the solid four checkers kind of force you into the mistake. And they're all pretty good uh, responsibly defensively, especially Colton Sissons up the middle, who I think played a great game yes. last night, a good debut from him. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say untouchable because, you know, if for some reason they're maybe not finding the score sheet like you want to, and then all of a sudden maybe you have guys like Cody Glass who, um, you know, played a lot with the top line last night, which was kind of interesting. Um, you know, maybe if you have somebody like them that you think is maybe ready to take on maybe a bigger scoring role, maybe you shuffle things up a little bit. So I'm never going to say never, but I think for at least the start of the year, this is probably the line that John Hines is going to stick with. Yeah. And it's so odd because, you know, you think Tanner Janot is kind of the automatic other person that you think of for second line minutes based on last season, what, you know, Tomasino and Janot, but even in training camp, we have not seen that. So I, I wonder if, you know, even with the preseason game and stuff, I wonder if this is kind of John Hines showing yeah. that like, hey, these are, this is our, these are our guys. This is our identity line. We're not going to touch them. It'll be really interesting to see kind of how the roster is constructed in a preseason game that's not a doubleheader where you've got the entire pool to draw from. Yeah, you know, I almost feel like, um, you know, this, the, how Lions have played out in camp so far and in these first couple of games, it's almost like John Hines going like, this is what I want to mm -hmm. play. This is who I want to play together. We'll see if they stick together or not. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and what's, a, what's another takeaway that you had in, in watching both games yesterday? Um, you know, the player, and we touched on it real quickly, the player that I was very excited to see was Cody Glass. And yep. kind of an interesting, like a, a little bit of a rough ride right out of the gate for Cody Glass. You know, his first shift uh, was taken down, got cut with a skate blade, had to leave, go get some stitches, came back in. But he was uh, playing with Forsberg and Duchesne for a lot of that game, which I thought was a really interesting choice for John Hines. Because if you want to see how NHL ready somebody is, you should put them with Forsberg and Duchesne. 
And I felt like he held his own really well when he was working with the two of them. And to be able to kind of read a game at that level and to be able to execute a game at that level, kudos to Cody Glass. And he also had a power play goal, which, you know, in the first game, especially there were several power play opportunities and special teams were just not that special in yeah. the first game. Yeah. Uh, and that to me was like one of the bigger things too. Um, you know, I, when you, when you look and you saw Cody glass play last night, you think, okay, well he did well because look, he's playing with Forsberg and Duchesne. He was setting up plays for both mm-hmm. of them. He wasn't just a passenger on that line. He was actively getting involved in setting Duchesne and Forsberg up for some great chances. Um, so, you know, that's, I think that's the other key thing to mention is he wasn't just kind of the other guy between Mm -hmm. those two he was actually getting involved and forming some great chemistry with them now obviously you know mikhail grandland is going to probably be the guy between those two but i think that's you know maybe a little bit of an audition that's hey you know he can handle his own in a high you know scoring role or at least he could in in the first preseason game obviously long preseason ahead there's going to be a lot of time uh to make decision but, you know, that that's you have to be encouraged by what you like from Cody Glass so far. And again, you know, there is a battle for that bottom line or the fourth line. And a lot of people have played well, but in different styles. You know, you had yes. Zach Stanford and, you know, Michael McCarron, Cole Smith kind of playing that grindy role. Then you've had guys like Cody Glass and Yuso Parson play more of a kind of finesse role or like a dynamic role. And so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what direction John Hines goes with. Does he want it to be more of a grinding role? Does he Mm -hmm. want it to maybe be like your third scoring line? So it's going to be interesting to see what direction he goes with. Is John Hines going to stick with his motto of, you know, he wants the lines to play to a certain way. So he's going to find guys that fit the identity of a fourth line, or is he going to say, these guys are too hot right now. I got to find a way to morph what I want to do sort of around how they're playing right now. Yeah. There's a lot. And again, that fourth line, this is going to be kind of the storyline coming, you know, coming out of camp. It's going to be watching this long process of, like you said, what does John Hines want and who fits in there? Because the, uh, you know, the combinations right now, there's a tremendous, um, you know, number of potential combinations that John Hines could go with when it comes time for the regular season. So I wanted to ask you, what were your thoughts on uh, seeing McDonough and Ekholm together? Oh, they were great together. I oh mean, my that was, gosh! I think another underrated thing that we haven't even really talked about yet, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, those two together made a couple of really good plays. They're out there a lot uh, mm-hmm. against Matthew Kachuk's group for the Florida Panthers, and I think that spoke volume too because Kachuk really didn't seem to find everything going. And we talked about this yesterday. You know, the Preds haven't really had uh, that shutdown pair you know, that the kind of tackles, you know, the number one line and kind of frustrates guys and are always seemingly the first guys off the ice when the other team's dynamic scores come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be that line. And again, we'll, we'll have the caveat of everything. Like it's just one preseason game, but from what we've seen in camp from those two so far, you know, both in the scrimmages and in this early return, you know, it's, it's gotta be encouraging. And it seems like, again, 
that was kind of John Hines's vision uh, from the start when Ryan McDonough came in was to move Ekholm to the right and have those two as kind of your shutdown pair. Um, so I'm curious to see, I, I assume each would probably get at least one or two more preseason games um, under their belt. And I'm curious to kind of see, you know, does John Hines again kind of keep these two together for mm-hmm. each of their preseason games they play together? Um, or are you going to have like, you know, maybe one off one night and one off the other night, um, you know, to try to rotate other guys in and out. But again, I would try to keep those two together to yes. keep seeing how well they can do and maybe give them a jump start heading into the season. Yeah. I love, you know, you talked about this was not a, this was not a move that necessarily was an easy automatic um, fit for the Predators in the sense that it meant that somebody who had played one side was going to have to change their game entirely to play the other side. But when you watch Ekholm and McDonough on the ice together, really so much of their game and their communication appears effortless. And I think that's what happens when you've got two players who have a ton of experience, who really have been around the league such a long time and who really want to be successful, who are committed to doing whatever it takes to make their pairing and this team successful. I love what we've seen so far from Ekholm and McDonough. Yeah. Uh, excited to see them together. I would assume we're probably going to see more of them heading into the regular season. Uh, again, like we mentioned earlier, tomorrow we got an interview with Locked on Avs. That is going to be a fun one for sure. Those guys are always a blast. Uh, so make sure you tune in tomorrow for that. And of course, later in the week, more on Preds camp, uh, more from the players, including more in depth into a battle on who might be on that fourth line, plus plenty more storylines uh, from camp and all the preseason games until though, when, where can we find you online and you can find my work at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Read my work at onthefourcheck.com. You can subscribe to us on any uh, podcast platform you listen to Apple, Spotify, Google. Um, spot yeah and pretty much anything you can think of i don't want to list them all because there's a lot uh we also air this on youtube so if you're watching this on youtube be sure to subscribe you'll always be notified when we have a new video out so yeah do that and also leave us a comment let us know what your thoughts from the first two preseason games were uh that's gonna do it for us today on the lockdown predators podcast as always Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.